celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. You're running the gun. Throws. He's got Jimmy. First down, 20. There he goes. 10, 5, touchdown, win. It is Thursday, October 24th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy whose pumpkin is always ready for carving, <laughs> J.P. Shadrick. I don't even know what that means, but welcome into Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Leon Searcy, Jeff Lagerman. What's up, guys? How we doing? Doing well. Jets Week is here. Leon. Jets Week is here. Bringing back any fond memories? No, no, no. The Jeff Lagerman Bowl. Here's probably the greatest memory I ever had with the New York Jets. Uh, well, I've had a lot of good memories there. But football-wise, didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of good memories. We made the playoffs one year, and I want to say it was 93, maybe. And we didn't even have a winning record. What? No. We were 8-8, eight and eight, and we qualified for the playoffs. So we go down to Houston for the playoff game. Mm-hmm. And you'll remember the game from one aspect. It was when Buddy Ryan and Kevin Gilbride oh, had that, the sideline altercation. That. that was your game. That the playoff, was the game. Where he, Buddy punched them. Yep. Wow. That was it. How about that? How about that? That's the uh, only playoff game I was ever in with the New York Jets. Those are the days. Six six years of uh, uh, not a whole lot of wins, but a lot of good memories, a lot of good friends that I made and still have to this day in New York. So the Jeff Lagerman Bowl this Sunday, 1 o'clock, <laughs> no, no, the no. game presented by Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Here's what's coming up on the show today. Uh, offensive situational football. We'll go through how the Jaguars are trying to – adjust from last week's issues. Well, defensive injuries, that side of the ball banged up in Cincinnati last week and some new faces around here. Some quarterbacks are back on the practice field. One named quarterback uh, named Foles is back out there this week doing some things. We'll look at the AFC South. We'll go around Thursday night football and uh, take a look at that game tonight as well. Defensive injuries, let's start there. Marcel Darius had core muscle surgery today. Um, the linebackers are walking wounded right now. Najee Good's got a toe issue. Quincy Williams is beat up. Uh, DJ Alexander's on IR now. I mean, you can go down the list on linebackers. Uh, did, did, did you cover Leon Jacobs? Leon Jacobs is hurt. Yeah, he's got um, a hamstring. He got Calitro, and then they brought uh, Giles Harris up from the practice squad. Those are the two that have been around here. Mm-hmm. Then they go out and sign Malcolm Smith, a veteran, uh, former Super Bowl MVP. I mean, that's a lot of moving parts in the linebacker room here, guys. A lot of moving parts, and it's going to be very interesting on game day because of the guys that you talked about. Alexander went to IR. We know that. Leon Jacobs, uh, Quincy Williams, Najee Good. That's three linebackers that may not even be active on game day. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's, that's, that's a huge issue. And then when you add in Marcel Darius, who had – core muscle surgery and what happens with him I mean four to six weeks I mean that's a candidate for IR uh, because you're talking about halfway through the season nearly at this point so no, it's going to be interesting now to see how, how they're going to line up how they're going to utilize the guys that they have now, Austin Calitro, who is a guy that we know nothing about. He's been around for a few weeks but he hasn't been active He's been inactive uh, two times in the last couple of weeks and then he was inactive few times before that yeah. I think he's only been active for maybe two games this year maybe you know so uh what do we expect <clears throat> how, how do you know you don't no no we're, we're <laughs> going to be clueless to be quite honest with you 
I always tell people this all the time about the offensive line that I need the offensive line that's going to work together because there needs to be some cohesiveness. Now, linebacker, of course, the same way. Now, we know the middle linebacker sets the table for everybody to eat. You know, he sets up the, he sets up the front, coverage, or whatever. But then there's got to be communications and pass coverage. got to be communications and, and, and stopping the run and all that kind of stuff. So, so you're going to have all these different variables, all these different parts that haven't really worked together. It's going to be very interesting to see how they communicate on Sunday because they all got to be on the same page. If they're not on the same page, unfortunately, we can give up a, couple, a lot of yards. Well, guess what? Miles Jack, uh, defensive captain, quarterback of the defense, this is a big week for you, Miles. It is a big week for him. You know? uh, in so many different ways. And first off, uh, he had a phenomenal game in Cincinnati. And I think the last two weeks he's been better. But, I mean, that performance that he had in Cincinnati was exceptional uh, with the interception, with how physical he was in the run game. Uh, the last two weeks, Kamara had 31 yards rushing. Joe Mixon had two, which mm. was a career low. Mm. And so credit Miles Jack for some of that performance. Yeah. And uh, interesting in that, JP, I know you've got an interview coming up with Todd Walsh that's going to be played on game day. Yes, correct. And we were talking with Todd earlier when he was coming in to do that, and I asked him a couple questions about Malcolm Smith. And number one was, can he still run? I mean, when He's you get 30 a, years old. When you get a linebacker in his 30s, you know, that's been around the block a little bit, that's kind of the first question you want to you ask because in the Jaguars' defense, the linebacker has to be able to run. Occasionally they have to run the wide receiver on a deep crossing route or uh, an over route, whatever you want to call it, or a racer route. And Todd did say he can still run. And uh, his familiarity with the scheme will certainly give him the ability to be a viable option right away. So that's positive. There's not many yeah. guys you can fight out on the street that can come in and play. That, that is true. That is true. My biggest concern, to be quite honest with you, is Marcel Darius playing that one technique. I mean, he's probably Miles Jack's best friend, probably especially last week, the way he takes on double teams. You know, Marcel Darius' ability to take on the nose, I mean, to take on the center and the guard and keep people off the, the Mike linebacker is going to be essential. So who are we going to put there? Taven Bryant? Taven Bryant. Taven Bryant's going to probably be there. Here we go. Yeah, he's, probably the, he's probably the best fit for that, to be quite honest with you. You know, he's big, strong, physical, low, good, nice, lower trunk, big legs, whatever. You know, we get on him a lot when he was playing the three because at the three technique, you know, you got to make plays. You got you to gotta, you gotta stop the run, tackles for losses, get after the quarterback. At the one – now, wait a minute. Now, Marcel's a three yeah, now. Yeah, he, yeah, Marcel's Marcel, a three. He is a three. So, Taven Bryant's going to be playing he, three. He's not going to – who's going to play the one? So, Avery, Avery. will be one. Avery. Avery's, Avery's going to play the one. Avery will be yeah. one, and then Dontavious Russell will be the backup to him, would be my guess. He'd be active yeah. this week. Yeah. Okay, so, so – Okay, so we – And Terry Bryan played well last week. He now. did play well. Like, he, he played got well couple, last week. You know, he put, got some penetration. Well, you know, because I've been hard on him before that. Yeah. And, you know, and rightly so probably in some situations. But he's gotten better as the he, year has gone Clearly out. he's gotten better. The mm -hmm. last two weeks – two weeks ago I thought he was pretty good. Uh – I want to correct myself. Two weeks ago, he had the one play where he had uh, in the backfield and he kind of blew up the play with the New Orleans Saints game, and, uh, and it was impressive when he was in the backfield. Mm -hmm. But there were other instances in that game where he couldn't locate the ball. And I'm like, well, you know, he's, he's close, but he's still got to find the ball. Mm -hmm. Well, this past game, he found the ball. And uh, one of them, first of all, his biggest play that he had was the pick six by Ngakwe. He was the reason why that play happened. Mm. He gets up the field. He gets pressure on the quarterback. And then he causes, because his, pre his uh, uh, penetration of the backfield is so deep, the tackle's chasing him, runs into Giovanni Bernard, and that picks off the intended receiver for the screen. 
And then Ngakwe sees this whole all, whole all develop and then just kind of falls to the outside. And Giovanni's cut off, balls in the air, pick six. And so and then there was one other play that Taven Bryan had where he stood up the guard and he literally has his gap, which is the B gap, and then he shucks him aside and falls to the inside and makes a stone-crushing hit on Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, wow, that was good. Was it, was it luck or was it where he saw the ball? Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, look, he made the play. So his best game by far as a pro. This will officially be Taven Bryan's second career start. He had one um, last year, but um, it's a big uh, moment for him with the, with the play improving. A, a guy who's really improved, I think, as the year has gone on, but we knew he was going to be pretty good coming out of the gate was Josh Allen, Jaguars' defensive end. Five sacks over the last five weeks. His head coach, Doug Marone, knows there's a little room to grow still. The thing that, that I appreciate is just the one thing that hasn't changed is uh, his desire or his effort. I mean, he's just uh, – has great effort, you know, goes full go, does everything you want. So that's what I'm saying. When, when the technique and the experience and all this stuff is starting to come in, you know, and, and you're healthy, you know, someone like him can, can really be a heck of a football player. And it helps when Josh Allen has the head on his shoulders enough to learn from the guys that are with him in that room. You have Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, Avery Jones, guys who have been around. And for Josh Allen, it's a no-brainer. Go, go talk to these guys. You know, not a lot of players can say their first year they played with a future Hall of Famer. Uh, so Calais just being there with me, you know, it's just, you know, when, you, when I don't want to listen to him, it's like I got to listen to him. Uh, so I give him a hard time over that, but you know everything he tells me, I take it in, and that goes with Jan as well, and uh, Marcel and Abe. You know, every every time they tell me something, I you know keep it in my notebook for later, and you know, and when that situation does come up, I just think about that. They already told me that, so I'll be prepared for that. Leon, this guy's on his way to being a star in this league, at least you know halfway through his rookie season. It feels that way. You know? Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It does. I mean, he's got great get off. He's got great effort. Uses his hands well. I still think sometimes when I do watch him on film, he does go down the middle of good tackles. And lot of me to tell you that you know you can't. You got to give all. I think I think the toughest com- player I ever went up against is probably Peter Bulwer because Peter Bulwer never gave me anything to hit. He was always a loose. He had great get off. He had great speed, and he always gave me half a body. You never want to be straight up and down when it comes to offensive line, especially in this league, because they want to put their hands on you. Always want to give them something and then take it away. Am I right, Roger? Yeah, give he, him something, then take it away. So yeah, he, he's, he's learning. He he definitely sometimes does give too much target, mm-hmm. which uh, as a defensive end you want to be around the edge. But he's learning. He's learning. Mm-hmm. I said this before the year. I thought that he could potentially break the rookie sack record. He's he's well over halfway there. I mean, That's eight. He's, yeah, he's, he's got five. five. I mean, he's had a sack and back-to-back-to-back games. Yeah. He's certainly on his way to breaking the record that is held by Ngakwe. And I think most importantly, he's stout. I mean, stout against the run. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's no joke. He's a big physical guy. He, yeah. Look, yeah. he is not a finesse I'm just here to rush the passer defensive end. He is a stone-cold, run-stuffing, all-around player, play every down and play exceptionally well. And I think that's the most impressive thing is because, look, you can line him up and have him play strong side in. He, he can handle it. He's got that kind of strength. He's got, he's got great endurance. When you watch him on a play and then he's playing a block and then all of a sudden when he shucks the block and then all of a sudden now he's got to run – 15 yards down the field, his acceleration, and it might be play 40-something in a game. Now, he's in tremendous shape. 
and a really good football player. Uh, love everything about him, and uh, I love watching him on film. Uh, he is uh, when he gets better, more polished mm-hmm. as a pass rusher. Hold on. So is he Brackenish? Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. That's some strong Tony, words. Brackenish means Tony Bracken. Tony Brackens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's got. Uh, he probably doesn't have, and maybe he does, but I don't know if he has the speed mm-hmm. that Brackens had. I mean, Brackens was almost a legitimate four-four guy, mm-hmm. low four-five guy, and uh, in Brackens, I'll never forget when Tony Brackens came here he hit me one time Leon when we were in individual drills and literally knocked the wind out I mean I told Clyde I said hey tomorrow you take him <laughs> <laughs> and so Clyde Clyde took hey. him and Clyde got the shiver to the chest yes and Clyde got the wind knocked out of him and Clyde just looked at me and said whoo and then Listen. he go in the weight room and he he do incline bench press remember that Leon? yeah I remember 315 pounds and just rep it out and rack it and go yep listen he gave me and Baselli fits in practice, trust me. When people ask me who are the top five defensive ends you ever went up against, Brackens is like number two. Mm-hmm. He's good <laughs> now. Wow. about that? When Tony wanted to be good, he was yeah. good. And, yeah. and what I love about Josh Allen, you can tell that he loves ball. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There was an interview you did in the postgame locker room one time, and I think it was after the first Jags win of the year or something. And he was so excited mm-hmm. to win an NFL football game, and, and you could just hear that come out in his voice in your interview. With yeah, him. and then uh, you can you could feel it, and uh, just the excitement, and and he's a, he's a true pro. He wants to get better all the time, and I think that's probably the one thing that Tony Brackens didn't have mm. was I mean he just didn't love ball. He was he liked ball, but I don't know if he loved it. And uh, Josh eats, sleeps, and and probably breathes football. Uh, Tony, it was part of his life, and it was important to him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to discount anything that, that how he felt about it, but I, I think he was just a little bit different than Josh. And both of them, fantastic players, and I, and I love watching Tony, and I love watching Josh. What's, uh, let's touch quickly on the Jets here. And um, Sam Darnold back, obviously, from the mono. but Step on his foot. Every, so he's got a, a toenail removed, I yeah, guess. Step on his report. foot. You're going to go step on his Absolutely. feet. Absolutely. I would absolutely try to step on his foot every chance I can Especially get. Especially, what's which foot is it? It's about you'll, to be. You'll know. It's oh, you'll know. You'll oh, know. Okay, okay. In the injury report, you'll find out. Yeah. yeah well, the injury report won't specify. Yeah. But here's foot. here's the deal: the New York Jets are going to have some type of protective device on that toe, I would think, or to try to protect the toe, whether it be like an orthoplast custom made thing to almost create like a steel toe boot type of effect Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna step on it i'm gonna kick it uh anything within legal bounds okay i might trip over his foot leon fall on his foot i mean look at jp we actually did that if we found out injuries on a particular guy if a defensive player had a bad shoulder I hit, by, I hit it or nudge it or, yeah. you know, throw my rip, rip in between it. It's I, all fair. Know, it's all fair game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Why it's not? The ball's in play. It's, uh, it's There you go. He, right. had, he had a miserable Monday night. Oh, oh. gosh. I don't, I don't know if I've, if I've ever seen a quarterback have that type of a game. That was I mean, a I'm talking now. from beginning to end. And, and the fact that they had it on, on the mic, too. He was mic'd up, seeing ghosts, and the whole thing that's gone around this week. Well, I think there's a lot, a lot Ooh, made yeah. of the seeing ghost comment. The reality is is that he played a horrific game. Horrific game. Four interceptions, lost a fumble. And when you look at the interceptions, it's not like 
He threw it. It gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. And then all of a sudden, it lands in a defender's hands, which those can happen. These are off the back foot, throwing to a, an area that there's not even a wide receiver in a route. And then on one of them, JP, he literally he looks at the receiver and then he sees a flash of white because Patriots were wearing white, Jets were wearing green. He sees a flash of white to his left. He's got a running back to pick up the blitz. But he literally, t- he literally turns his whole head to look, sees that flash of white, and then literally starts his throwing motion before he even looks back to the right and throws it. And it's off the back foot. It's Aaron that's intercepted. It was, it was arguably the worst quarterback performance I've ever seen. Ever. It was pretty bad. In a game. Just for a game. I'm not saying yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, a bad yeah. player. Yeah. But I'm saying for a quarterback, that is arguably the worst performance yeah. I have ever seen by a quarterback. Well, he can only go up from here, though, unfortunately, against the Jags, right? I mean, he had a 3.6 rating. If it's that bad, it can only get better. A 3.6 rating, and the fumble's not even factored into the passer rating. I mean, how bad is that? That's pretty Mm, bad. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. The the thing, though, I want to say, though, is that, look, the week before, which was his first game back from three games absence from the mononucleosis thing, which he had to be out for a period of time because of there's concerns, I guess, about the spleen and uh, internal organ stuff, whatever that means. So he was out for three weeks. He comes back and plays against the Dallas Cowboys, and he throws for 338 yards, has two touchdowns and interception, and has a quarterback rating of 113.8. So it's not like this guy is not capable. No. And uh, are, are, are the Patriots' defense that good? Did they do anything pretty that darn was, good. Pretty that was good. so groundbreaking? Patriots just played man. It's not like they did anything crazy, difficult, or exotic. They just won. Uh, let's come back. Plenty still to come on this matchup. The uh, the Jets offense, uh, Lavian Bell, we'll, we haven't touched on him yet. Uh, prior to each game, entertain guests in air-conditioned suite to the public's ultimate tailgate party presented by Party Shack. Visit jacksvillage.com and reserve your suite today. Back in a moment, we'll uh, go on the offensive side. We'll hear from Leonard Fournette, Jaguars running back in a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is bone. Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ford's SUV season is here. If you're looking for the brand with more SUVs on the road today, get a Ford. If you're looking for hands-free tech and spacious seating, get a Ford. And if you're looking for the best deal of the season, 
Get a Ford during SUV season. But hurry, these deals won't last long. Get to your local Ford dealer or learn more at buyfordnow.com. Based on IHS market total vehicles and operation as of October 2018 for all CUV and SUV segments. This NFL season, the pregame starts at Duncan for DD Perks members. Because this game day, Duncan is offering Jaguars fans a $1 medium hotter iced coffee. So don't just celebrate your team's success from the sidelines. Head to Duncan and start celebrating before the game even begins. You heard that right, Jaguars fans. Duncan is giving you some extra fuel to cheer on your team. So this game day, it's easy for you to get a kick before kickoff. The Jaguars and America run on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limited one per member. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Funny story about me and Jamal. Even when we was in college together, I've always competed against Jamal. So I mean, the first day of pads, uh, our freshman year, I ran him over, and he came out of nowhere and lit my ass up, man. <laughs> so uh, I always had that respect with Jamal, and I know he's gonna, he's gonna come out and ball. That's Leonard Fournette discussing his former college teammate Jamal Adams, Jet Safety. And welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. JP Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. Leon Searcy, Jags, Jets coming up Sunday at 1 o'clock. Jamal Adams, good football player. Yeah. Good football player, high energy. I think he's a good fit for Greg Williams' blitzing defense because he's he's pretty versatile. He can play in the box. He can blitz. He can cover. Uh, he is uh, He's definitely one of the leaders on that football team. And uh, last year he was their MVP, team MVP. And does, oh, Jaguar don't have that award, though. I mean, mm, I did you so. ever have? Did we we didn't have a we team, never had team, team MVP. MVP. No, we never did. No, it's kind of high schoolish, right? It does sound kind of high school, doesn't schoolish, it? Yeah. No, I mean it's tough when you're losing football games too, we, right? We, the the Over one the, the one the one award that we did have uh-huh. when when Leon and I played together, we had all Duval. Yeah, we did. We had an all Duval team. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh yeah. What did that? I mean, how did that work? Do you want to explain it, Leon? No, I'll let you go. Ahead. Essentially, the <laughs> the all Duval team was the guys that went 100 miles an hour in practice but couldn't play on Sunday. Oh, I see. Oh yeah, I remember oh, those. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he'd be like, "Dude, come on! I mean, are you trying to be all Duval today?" Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Consistent mainly of scout team players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Going oh, yeah. hard on Fridays. That's right. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> the guy we just heard from there, Leonard Fournette, I mean, he's leading the AFC in rushing, second in the NFL in rushing yardage. And it seems like well, you guys would know a little bit better up front why the run game is working. 
Is that where it begins with the running game, at least in the last month or so? Or is it Leonard or a combination you know, it's of a combina- both? It's a combination of both. It's, it's a combination of the offensive line, especially interiorly, playing pretty well. You know, they've been blocking pretty well because if you look at Leonard and his runs, the mass majority of his runs have been inside. And Leonard is seeing the daylight and he's taking the deadline. He's not he's not second guessing himself. He's hitting the hole, he's hitting the hole hard. Offensive line interiorly has been playing a lot better. You know, you gotta give your hats your hats off to Leonard. I mean Lender and you and Norwell and Can and, and Will Richardson when they're in the game. Mm-hmm. But this is like a resurgence for Leonard for that. You know, everybody talked about, you know, Wyoming going away, getting away from, you know, some of the distractions and he seems to be focused in on this season. I mean, you don't become the AFC, you don't become the AFC AFC leader in rushing if you you know if you don't have any kind of mindset or focus into this season. So he's been doing an outstanding job. But this is going to be a formidable task against the New York Jets now because although the Jets are a one in five team, they're only giving them three point three yards a carry. It's the second and best in the league. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's going to be a big challenge for us up front offensively to see because we want what we do is we run the ball to set up every everything vertical on the passes and all that. And they do an outstanding job in stopping the run. So something's got to give on Sunday. I think I give credit to the coaches too. They've, uh, Filippo has finally understood, I think, what Leonard Fournette does best, which is downhill, and it's a gap scheme. And when Leonard is asked to do zone schemes, he's not nearly as successful. Mm-hmm. Now you still have to run some zone schemes just to keep – that in your playbook because your play action stuff is also built off of some zone. Uh, but also I give credit, credit to them. I give credit to Leonard because he has changed. I don't know if I've ever seen a player mature in one year more than Leonard Fournette. I mean, this is the player that we were talking about last year as being one of the most immature players in Jaguars history who leaves the bench to go insert himself into a fight. Yeah, sure. And who gets – uh, essentially, essentially scolded by the executive vice president of football operations for the last game for his nonchalance and careless attitude about the football game that was on hand in Houston. And now look at him. And uh, and then thirdly, I give credit to the offensive line because uh, I know Norwell's has gotten beat up a little bit, but he's a physical blocker. Cam Robinson, hopefully he's going to be fine for this week with that toe injury, but he's a good physical blocker. Linder is playing the best football he's ever seen. I give George Warhop a lot of credit. Cam Robinson footwork is getting a little bit better. The offensive line has gotten better. A.J. Can is still holding off mm-hmm. Will Richardson Jr. Mm-hmm. And Juwan Taylor, I said this earlier in the week, he's a stud. And here's the thing. We haven't even, much like with Josh Allen, where we haven't even begun to see the best of Josh Allen. Leon, you know this. We haven't even <clears throat> begun to see – Nearly anything of the best of Jawan Taylor. No, we haven't even scratched the surface. I told you he's a puppy on the chain. He'll be a pit real soon. Mm-hmm. He'll be a pit. And when he becomes a pit, because he's going through the growing pains and the learning process, he's maturing game by game, going up against seasoned veterans or whatever. But, you know, he's taking his lumps every now and then. But, he, you know, he dusts himself. I'll come back next week and play football. But before it's all said and done, that puppy will be a pit. Leon shared a story with us in the break, and we were talking about William Fuller. William Fuller was uh, one of the most physical left defensive ends in all of football in our era. Big, muscled, number 95 that played Mm -hmm. for the Houston Oilers. First time you faced him, how'd that go? First time I faced William Fuller, my rookie year, he got three sacks on me. Could have got six. 
All right, if I didn't push the quarterback past him half the time, he would have got six sacks on me. Physically, was a, physically, 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 how'd you feel? Physically, I felt terrible. I felt like I didn't even deserve to be in the league. I felt <laughs> down and out, you know. I got pulled from the game. Coward pulled me from the game. I was getting worked mm. so bad. I had never been pulled in my whole entire life. So I went back in the game, finished the game, went up losing the game, and I gave up three sacks. So two years later, I was a puppy then. Two years later, William Fuller signs a big contract with the Philadelphia Eagles. Big contract I'm, because he was worth it. He was worth it. Good so, so I'm in. I'm sitting in the offensive meeting room. Ron Earhart's our offensive coordinator. He says, "Hey, this William Fuller, he's leading the league. He's leading the NFL in sacks. You know, we got to keep. We got to be able to neutralize him, or we're not going to be able to get the ball off." And then, and Bill Cowell walks in the meeting room. He says, "Yeah, you know what? I don't think we have anybody that can block it. We might need to put a back to help on the right side." And I looked at Bill Cowell, the first time I ever cussed at Bill Cowell. And I'm not going to say what I said on the air, but I said, Coach, have you lost your mind? I said, I don't need no back. I got him. I played William Fuller that game, and I worked him because I did not forget. He caught a puppy my rookie year. Mm -hmm. But by two years later, I was a pit, mm -hmm. and he got the wrap up. Wait, wait till Jawan Taylor makes that transformation because Jawan mm. Taylor has a physical skill set that you don't see very often. He's big, strong. He's got great balance. Uh, when his hands get better, when his knowledge and anticipation gets better, I think we're looking at uh, a perennial Pro Bowl right tackle. There's a lot of talk this week about the situations last week, the, the third downs, especially in the red zone and goal to go. This, uh, this team wasn't too successful last week in Cincinnati. They said they're working on it in, in practice, adding some reps. And things. But – what can be done? What can be done differently? I think the tight end not having that that fluid of a situation at that position would probably help in the red zone. Am I right on that? Yeah, it'll help. But I mean, JP JP was had a cool stat today. How many catches the tight ends got as a group the right now? The current tight ends that are on the roster, active three of them, have a combined three targets and one catch. Mm. It's all Seth DeValve, so you who think, plays fullback a lot. So you think that yes. the tight ends are the solution? Well, no, I'm just saying if if they had a little more consistency there, you know, sure, if, if sure, sure. you know, O'Shaughnessy is around and playing like he was early in the season, and if Jeff Swain was still around, but they're not. I think so. Josh, this is what you have, right? I now. think Josh Oliver's got a ways to go. Yeah, I thought that at least he got his feet wet. He came out of the game. He made it through the game. He didn't get hurt, but he's got a long ways to go yet. And I think he's one of those tight ends that quarterbacks have to learn to trust him because he doesn't get a tremendous amount of separation. And I think that uh, trust will be built over time. Is it going to be enough to where the quarterback, where he becomes a legitimate down-in, down-out threat at the tight end position this year? Maybe not. But uh, here's one thing, one area you can do better. And one, you got to run the ball better when you get in the red zone. And I think you need to call the runs better when you get in the red zone. So, for example, last week in Cincinnati, you get first and goal to eight. Mm -hmm. First play they come out, throw it. First and goal at the eight against the worst run defensive football team in the National Football League. Pound it down their throat on the okay. first down. All right. Do it again on second down. And then on third down, you figure out if you have to do it again. If you do, then you got a little option right there. Hmm. But uh, I think it needs to be called a little bit better and execute a little bit better. And, and some, it, it's not marrying up. You have the worst team in the National Football League in the red zone offensively in the Jaguars, only 33% touchdown percentage. But you have going in the last week, and I don't know what the numbers are this week, but going in the last week, Gardner Mitchell was the number one rated quarterback in the red zone. Isn't that weird? Mm. 
How does so, that work? It's so strange, right? <laughs> How does that work, right? It's really strange. Mm. Really strange. Leon, is it when you get like in a, a goal-to-go situation uh, as, a, as a group, is it a mentality, let's just punch this thing in here, right? I mean, Well, well it has to be a mindset, especially yeah. as an offensive line, especially when you get in particular within the, the first five yards of scoring. The offensive line has to take over and say, run the football. Uh, put it on our backs to score the, score the touchdown. I mean, I don't want no trick plays. I don't want no phase. I don't want no back shoulder phase. <laughs> put it in the offensive line's mind. Put it in their mindset that we're going to run the ball. And if you got to run it one, two, three times, then you're letting their offensive line know you got to get it done. And, 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 and here's another thing. Right now, the, we, we didn't play that well in the red zone against a bad team. Okay, field goals kept us in the game for the most part. Mm-hmm. When we look at our schedule moving forward, when we play against the Colts and the Texans and all and the teams that are going to be battling for, field goals ain't going to cut it. You've got to develop that right now. So when you get into the, the playoff mode, when, you, when you're, you're battling for the division, you got to start scoring touchdowns and not settle for field goals. I didn't, I didn't like on the, like the, the drive early in the ball game where they had fourth and goal up to one. I didn't like to play. I didn't like it at all. Uh, you got fourth and goal from inside to one, and you do a quick shift with your offense. Leonard Fournette cheats up and essentially is lined up at a fullback depth yeah. and then takes a quick handoff from Minshew. And because he's so close, there's no reading of where the hole's going to be. It's a straight ahead. It's an, I'm either going to yeah. plow into the, into the hole mm. or I'm going to elevate and go over the top. But there's no left or right decision to be made when you do that. Yeah. And I think you gotta give you gotta give your running back a chance in that situation because fifty two, the middle linebacker of Cincinnati Bengals, literally does the same thing that Leonard Fournette does. He goes straight ahead and then elevates the and they meet at the top and then he's knocked backwards, he doesn't make it. If Leonard had some depth and then is able to take a look to the left side, the the whole left side was collapsed. Yeah. And he can, might be able to make just one, one step and then go downhill off the left side because uh, Koyak did a very good job on that side along with uh, Juwan Taylor, uh, or excuse me, uh, Cam Robinson. So I think you've got to give yourself a little bit better chance than that. I didn't like mm-hmm. that play. And I, I mean, and the other part, part is, Leon, there's a lot of times they do on the goal line, teams will do the, the, hand, the handoff, they fake one side and then go back to the other. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's like you fake on one side, and then running back cuts back to the other side. There's got to be a little bit, I think, a little bit better plays down the goal line area for, yeah. for especially that fourth down play. Ugh. Work in progress. Work in progress. They'll uh, work on it moving ahead. Talking to Fournette today, and we heard from Filippo as well. Uh, we're back in a moment. Ashton Sullivan has a news update, and then we'll talk quarterback Nick Foles back on the practice field this week. Mm. He's not playing. Yeah, but he's on the practice field. But he's this not week. playing. But he's on the practice field. <laughs> We'll, we'll hear from Gardner Minshew as well, the guy who is playing this week. Yeah, that's better. That's coming up as well. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. 
Be the MVP of your next tailgate with the official wing of the Jacksonville Jaguars from Dick's Wings and Grill. Whether at the stadium or cheering from home, game day every day with Dick's 365 wing varieties, burgers, wraps, and more. And for somewhere to catch all the sports action, Dick's Wings and Grill's 23 area locations have been a local fan favorite for more than 20 years. For the best wings, ice-cold craft beer, and best fans, feed where the big cats feast. Visit Dick'sWingsAndGrill.com for a location nearest you. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a yield pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash Jagscard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like working outdoors and want better pay and benefits? Superior Fence and Rail is seeking full-time fence installers who can provide first-class customer service. Recognized as a best place to work on the First Coast, they'll train you to work with their professional team and provide you with all the tools you'll need to be a top-notch installer. Get off the fence. Call Superior Fence and Rail today and start your career. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. This Jaguar season, how would you like an all-inclusive air-conditioned suite for your tailgate? Mike Dempsey here for Party Shack. It's a turnkey setup that means no prep on your end. You can host clients, staff, and friends to catered food sponsored by Publix with a full bar, top deck roof lounge, and best of all, air-conditioned comfort with two TVs in each suite. So take your whole office or group of friends to the top-of-the-line Jaguars tailgate experience. Book your company's Party Shack suite right now at jacksvillage.com. jacksvillage.com. Welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour with your Jaguars Digital Update. I'm Ashlyn Sullivan. Bad news for Jaguars defense. Marcel Darius expected to miss four to six weeks, had core muscle surgery today in Philadelphia. Unsure if the Jaguars will place him on IR or not. Stay tuned for that update coming up this week, most likely. Nick Foles back at practice yesterday, continued to practice today. Garner Minshew not worried about who's going to be the starter after the bye week. Right now he's trying to get to four and four. No, that's what, like, we're all, like, everybody in that room is worried about beating the Jets this week. And then next week is going to be beating Texans, and then after that, it'll be beating whoever else we play after the bye. Stay tuned for head coach Doug Marone coming up at the 5 o'clock hour for the Doug Marone Show. Celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Touchdown, Jacksonville. Marquis Lee has gone 100 yards for the Jaguars. Welcome back, Jaguars. Happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Leon Searcy, Jeff Lagerman, the Jags and the Jets coming up Sunday. The game presented by Baptist Health. Changing health care for good. A 1 o'clock kickoff time and should be a hopefully a nice – it might be a little warm, actually. But, uh, 
Looked at the temperature today, what, mid-80s or so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, uh, we're all kind of hoping for that cooler fall weather. We haven't quite gotten there yet. That's okay. Right about that. But uh, come out and see the Jags because they won't have another game in this stadium until December 1st after this Sunday. That's a while, isn't it? Because they'll be in London next week for the home game. Uh, 85 degrees. Okay. 50% chance of storms. Okay. Hopefully that's not the case. No, we don't need that at all. Um, We just heard Ashlyn Sullivan's update there, hearing from Gardner Minshew II. Well, he's been uh, joined on the practice field this week by Nick Foles. And the the reports are the earliest he can be ready is uh, week 11. That would be against the Indianapolis Colts after the bye week. But Doug Marone, Jaguars head coach, was asked this week, what if Foles is not ready to go by then? I I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I think that's why you have a a 21-day window, you know what I'm saying, for when the guy comes back and he starts practicing. Um, I don't think I'm as concerned like when John said, hey, what do you expect and what are you looking for? I think this is just week one back, so we're going to take it back very slowly. I think that, um, you know, I'll probably be, you know, looking at it more so as we get closer, you know, to see to see where he is. And I think there'll be a lot of communication on, you know, how you feel and what's going on. I love the opening of Doug's answer there. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because it's a little early. You got to see yeah, it's how this thing goes. Look, JP, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why it's some such a topic. Right well, now, because he's back on the practice field for the first time, and so? he did start the season as the starting quarterback. Okay, and you paid a lot of money for. It. Okay, that, that's fine and great. Is he eligible to play this week? Week eleven. Okay, is that week eleven this week? No, this oh. is week eight. Oh, yes. oh. I mean, if it sh- it should the, co- the conversation that's happening now should be happening in like week ten, not not week eight. I mean, just return back to practice, right? Right. Well, here's a question for you then, since you don't want to talk about it. I'm going to ask no, you a question. No, I don't question. mind talking about it. I just oh, okay. don't understand why it's it, – because it's on a lot of people's minds. It's on your it mind. Is. It's on fans' minds. Look, let it play out, right? I mean, let – Gardner Minshew is going to be the quarterback of this football team for the next couple of weeks, regardless of what – wherever Nick Foles is Correct. at or what he's doing. But the question everybody wants an answer to is what's going to happen well, after that. Well, here's the reality. The reality is, is that let, let's see what Gardner Minshew does over the next couple of weeks, up until Nick Foles becomes eligible to play. Yeah. Well, even more than that, let's get to five and four and get to the bye, and then let's talk Nick Foles. And then regroup. And then, yeah. yeah. See where you're Let's at. win some football games. All right, so you're on the same page as me? Absolutely. Okay. The players play the game. Play to win the game, right? Let's talk about the players that yeah, play the game. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's talk about Gardner Minshew Channel then. my, uh, what was the name of the coach that said that? Jim Mora. Channel my Jim Mora. It was Herm Edwards. Edwards. We played to oh, win right, Herm the game. Herm, 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 Herm Edwards. Yeah. Playoffs was Jim Mora. Correct. Yeah. yeah I got him confused. That's, that's confused. Herm Edwards, by the way, he, Arizona? Arizona, Arizona State. State. Arizona State, yeah. yeah. They're doing pretty good. Yeah. And that's also where... Yeah, Pete Prisco went to school there. Yeah, did he? Yeah, he did. Does anybody oh. care that Pete Prisco no, went to school I, there? No idea. Negative. No. Yeah. No, but uh, the former coach of the Bengals, uh, Marvin, Marvin Lewis. Lewis, is also there. There you go. They got oh. a, they got a great staff. How about in Arizona that? State. Oh. Uh, let's discuss guys that will play this week. Then Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, how did he play last week for you guys? How did he play, Leon? How did he play? For he yeah. played okay. I mean, he pres- he completed fifty percent. Of his passes, didn't turn the ball over, didn't fumble the ball. 
The a couple of clo- clo- close calls. Yeah, a couple of close calls. I Three mean, if D.D. Westbrook yeah. didn't go get that one in the, that one pass, that probably would have been a pick, to be quite honest with you. But listen, the star of the, I believe the star of this offense is Leonard Fournette in the running game. That's the star. His ability to run the ball effectively is going to open up lanes for Gardner Minshew. And Minshew, he scrambled well. I mean, you know, he was a little hesitant a couple of weeks before that. He scrambled well, made some plays. I mean, he's doing a serviceable job. I think in that game last week, he did a serviceable job. Didn't have any interceptions. Didn't have any fumbles. Didn't have any turnovers. And but the only thing that that's lacking in this offense that I like to see them do, red zone. You can't go up against the Cincinnati Bengals. First of all, you can't go up against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's just a terrible team. And don't get the lead until the fourth quarter. That's one. And then you get in the red zone, and you only get nine points. That's another thing. And then we only had one offensive touchdown. You remember. We had one offensive touchdown. Unique had the other one. Then we kicked three field goals. One of six red zone. Yeah, one of six in the red zone. So against a bad team, don't you can't play to the level of that team. The Jaguars, the way we moved the ball in that game, we should have had at least twenty eight to thirty five points. Yeah, he was he was sub fifty percent completion rate. But the one thing that I do like is that he's at least pushing the ball down the field, which is which yeah. is good. And guys are making plays for him when it counts, it seems like. Well, I mean, the, the two examples, the one that Leon talks about where Didi jumps in front, high points the ball in front of the defender, was a huge play in the game. Um, and that led to a field goal before the half. That was a big play. The job by Keelan Cole on the, on the touchdown catch was a great job because it's supposed to be thrown kind of at the back corner of the end zone. And ball is a little bit on the throne, and Keelan Cole comes back and, and, and attacks the ball, and it's a touchdown. So two great plays by his wide receivers. I had uh, Those were on uh, Jaguars' Twitter account. We put them out there from the film room. and uh, But B.W. Webb did drop two interceptions that were in his hands. I mean, literally in his hands. One of them would have been a pick six. <laughs> Could have been. Maybe two. Minshew Mania might have ran him down. That's true. That's true. He might have ran him down. That's true. He might have ran him down, but there was two of them that he dropped, and then that one that D.D. really saved his bacon, so to speak, and jumped in front of the ball. Uh, But I like the way he's pushing the ball down the field, and uh, his yards per attempt is still better than what it was when he he first took over the job or first had to play. So he's hovering right around eight and a half yards an attempt, and that's a pretty good measuring stick or a pretty good number for a quarterback to have. And uh, and look, he's young, man. He's a rookie yep. still. Sure. I mean, come on, that's sure. you know he's doing good. And as long as he and I, one thing I did notice that he really corrected this week is that when when he got traffic around him, you know he's got the hand in his right hand, the ball in his right hand, and then when he got traffic around him and he went to move, immediately covered up with two hands. Mm-hmm. And he had talked about that, mm-hmm. and he's 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 getting better. I mean, so when you got a quarterback who's Making steps, no matter how small the steps are, but he's continuing to get better, and he is—he has the attention to detail. I like that. Let's come back. We'll uh, touch the AFC South and look at the games ahead in the division and pick Thursday night football. That's coming up in just a moment. Wait a minute. Do we really have to pick Thursday night football? Well, yeah, it's pretty easy. To pick this game. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> you know. Ruin the, the tease? Arguably the most dysfunctional organization. Well, oh, one of the most yeah. dysfunctional organizations in all of football. Okay. Well, we know which one you're not picking then. Uh, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. 
1995, Tito Beveridge set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. I'm Jacksonville Jaguars General Manager Dave Calder. Did you know you can ride your bike to our home games and valet park for free? That's right. Stop by our check-in tent sponsored by Alert Today, Alive Tomorrow, and an on-duty Zen Cog Bike Professional will park your bike and ensure it's secure during the game. When the game is over, return your claim ticket to pick up your bike. For cycling safety tips, visit alerttodayflorida.com. Remember, Alert Today, Alive Tomorrow, because safety doesn't happen by accident. Go Jags! Ford's SUV season is here. If you're looking for the brand with more SUVs on the road today, get a Ford. If you're looking for hands-free tech and spacious seating, get a Ford. And if you're looking for the best deal of the season, get a Ford during SUV season. But hurry, these deals won't last long. Get to your local Ford dealer or learn more at buyfordnow.com. Based on IHS market total vehicles and operation as of October 2018 for all CUV and SUV segments. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. Be the MVP of your next tailgate with the official wing of the Jacksonville Jaguars from Dick's Wings and Grill. Whether at the stadium or cheering from home, game day every day with Dick's 365 wing varieties, burgers, wraps, and more. And for somewhere to catch all the sports action, Dick's Wings and Grill's 23 area locations have been a local fan favorite for more than 20 years. For the best wings, ice-cold craft beer, and best fans, feed where the big cats feast. Visit dickswingsandgrill.com for a location nearest you. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want. Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better... Join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. I think we're, I think we're pretty good at quarterback. Nothing else, you know. Like we get. Hopefully that's that's the case. Um, you know, we love working together, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. No, that's what like we're all like everybody in that room is worried about beating the Jets this week, and then next week is going to be beating Texans, and then after that it'll be beating whoever else we play after the bye. There's Gardner Minshew, the second Jaguars quarterback. Asked about Nick Foles being back around on the practice field. Jaguars happy hour continues. JP Shadrick, Leon Searcy, Jeff Logman, the Jags and the Jets coming up Sunday, one o'clock, week eight. Chance for the Jaguars to get back to 500. And then it's on to London next week to face the Houston Texans at Wembley. And uh, big ball game. This That's is a big game. Turning point of the season right now, these it, last couple uh, weeks. If, if, you, if you get this one this week against the Jets, that's a really big game in London. 
oh, really huge. big game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Get mm-hmm. get them kind of back into um, striking distance for this Jags mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. in the division. Don't let anybody kind of run away with the thing. And then you got then after the bye, you're going to Indy. I mean, it, you win these decks too. That they're, they're big. They're huge. They just to keep stacking up absolutely. in importance. Mm-hmm. You know, getting bigger. That's a good thing. Let's look at the AFC South standings and see where everybody is in Week Eight, heading into Week Eight. And now Indy leads the way in the division. They're now four and two. Uh, Houston right behind them. The Jags and then the Titans. Uh, Indy with that win last week over Houston got the division lead. And they're two and zero in the division, and uh, we'll see them twice uh, before the end of the season. Uh, Houston, of course, next week in London, the uh, Jags and the Titans uh, a couple weeks after the bye as well. So um, everything's still out in front. Here's the schedule in the AFC South this week. Every team in the division is home, by the way, this week. Mm. The Broncos are at the Colts. The Bucks are at the Titans. The Raiders are at the Texans. Uh, the, you know, just looking at it, it feels like the Raiders could have a shot against the Texans, right? Uh, Raiders can score points sometimes now, so yeah. that ought to be a good football game. Yeah, and the Bucks, you never know with Jameis what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> he, right? blow, he blows like the wind. Ain't he's, no a, teller. he's a mess. <laughs> and the Broncos have players, especially on defense. Can they get home against Brissett and the Colts? I don't know. Nah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, good I offensive line. So. I, I, I would bet on the Raiders with a shot. Everybody else seems to be a lock. Even us, we're a lock against the Jets. Oh, a lock, you're locking it? I'm, I'm locking it. I couldn't lock it. Leon locked it. He locked the Jags against the Jets. That's right, I'm locking mm. it. You're taking after Tony Vaselli now. Oh, does Tony he locks lock him? It? He locks. He oh, double locks. He double locks. Yeah, he double locks. Oh. Just don't double lock. Yeah. No, I'm not doing he, that. Stay yeah. away from the double lock. It's, it's dangerous. <laughs> I take it he hasn't had much success with the double lock. It, it's mm. um, yeah, it hasn't been the no. most. Okay, well, you won't yeah. get it from me. No, he, the, there's two things with Tony that don't work very well. When he double locks it. And then when he says, I'm 110% sure. Oh, 100's not enough? Again, no. 110, okay. When he says 100 or 110%, he's wrong every time. Oh, gosh. He, he does See, y'all that. should have warned me before I laid down that road. That's okay. You, that's okay. You're I'm there now. The, I'm there. All right. You're, you're down the road down now. The road. So the, the lock is in. We'll see if the Leon lock's better than the Tony lock. I, I think that this week's game against the Jets, I think, is going to be very challenging. If the Jets can can get their focus back from what happened on Monday night, and uh, it's a quick turnaround, right? Well, been probably in that situation, a quick turnaround is probably better than anything because you don't have time to dwell on how bad you were. You go right back to work, and uh, and I go back to this: disregard what the Jets were without Sam Darnold, because those three games that he did not play, they had absolutely no functional quarterback whatsoever. And for me, I focus in on what the Jets did against the Dallas Cowboys and what they were able to do early in the season when they went to Buffalo and played the Buffalo Bills to a tight ball game and almost won that game. So I think this is going to be a tough game. I think this is a great test for Gardner Minshew. they got a blitzing defense. Now, they're not great at sacking the quarterback, but they can be challenging to dissect. And, uh, and they're really good at stopping the run. And that's what the Jaguars have been good at is running the football. So strength against strength. And uh, let's see what happens. We'll see. Let's see. 1 o'clock, they'll tee it up Sunday. Let's do it. Uh, tonight, Thursday night football, uh, Jeff Lagerman, we already know what he's going to pick tonight. The 1-6 and six Redskins against the 5-2 and two Vikings in Minneapolis. Hmm. The Redskins are an absolute mess. From the top down, and they uh, they have issues, and uh, I don't think they have any chance whatsoever 
in Minnesota against a Vikings team that has found a passing game. Uh, Kirk Cousins has done something. I can't remember what I read. He did something over the last couple of weeks that's never been done in the, in the history of the league as far as his passing numbers go. Mm. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, he's on a roll now. He's mm. on a roll. You don't get the a, a Redskins a puncher's chance? Nope. No? Nope. I'm Even giving, though they fought I'm the, giving the Redskins pretty good, they fought I'm, the Niners pretty good? I'm giving the Redskins <laughs> as much chance as I gave the Bengals on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I ain't, I'm not a lock guy, mm. but if I was, it would be a lock. Be a lock. <laughs> <laughs> so they do they have a puncher's chance? Leo? No, they, you brought they, it up. No, no, they're not going to. I mean, they where they played the Niners where they were that was in Washington, right? Yeah, but oh, it was yeah. a swamp yeah. and a hurricane. Yeah, it was, and all. Yeah, it was, it was a monsoon. Know, cats and dogs, animals are lining up two by two outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. It won't be that. Yeah. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. they they're not going to have a chance in, in Minnesota. You're, you're, you know, what we're going to hear a lot of tonight. Oh, that horn. <laughs> Gallerhorn. Gallerhorn, whatever. Yeah, yeah I was going to hear that a lot. Mm. Yeah, so, that's what happens in yeah. Minnesota. Uh, we've seen it firsthand. Uh, there you have it, Thursday night football. Jags, Jets coming up. Uh, Jimmy Smith's going to be in the house this week. Jay Smooth. Here he comes. Really? He was, he was back here for the for the gala the yes, other week. Yeah, I he's coming know. back. I, I think he's doing <laughs> – I think he's – yeah, you were I, sick I or something. I was sick. Yeah, I was. What I happened? missed it. I don't know. I was sick. Well, I'm glad you're well. Now. I'm a bad. Sorry so, you missed. So Jimmy's Sorry to bring coming up from he's coming back coming from Mississippi. I don't know where he's yeah. coming from, but he's going to be here Sunday. Good for him. Yeah, That's we'll have I mean. him on uh, countdown to kickoff on the radio network. He'll, I think he's doing the first Duval. Good, good. The whole deal. Cool. It'll be good smooth. to see him. I didn't get I didn't get much of a chance to talk with him. Uh, we had so many different guys in for the uh, homecoming slash alumni weekend game. So when you have that many guys and then the the gala that was that was phenomenal also was so loud. You, it was hard to have a conversation with anybody. Le- Leon, I, I mean, I felt like that I was uh, ninety-two years old and I had I couldn't hear anything. Couldn't hear anything. Uh-uh. No. Huh? <laughs> a lot of that, huh? Uh-huh. Like a mime. Hard hearing yeah. as it is. Okay. This also is the uh, crucial catch game. So the Jaguars will be wearing the special patches and decals and a lot of different. Um, like the towels on the uniforms this week for the different uh, cancer campaigns. Uh, also, uh, there's a new gate entry that's going to open this week into the stadium. I know a lot of fans early in the season have um, given some feedback about the process of getting in the stadium. It takes a little long, and there's a big crowd, and there's only four gates. Well, they're adding gate five. The, the doors on the south end of the practice facility, the indoor at Daly's Place, the big hangar doors will be open. That'll be gate five. Hmm. So anybody on the south end of the stadium mm-hmm. to avoid some of the lines, go to the gate five now on Gator Bowl Drive right there. You can get All into right. the stadium. That'll work. Sounds good uh, to me. Come into the, the indoor facility and then um, go through Daly's Place and you're in the stadium. It opens at 10 o'clock, by the way, on Sunday. So you can be in three hours early if you'd like to, to well, avoid the lines. Yeah, that's good, right? That's really good. So you can go in there and hang out the – There's air conditioning. Yeah, where the bar's at. The bar. There's a bar. Yeah. Cool. So all that's coming up Sunday. Uh, Jags, Jets coming up. The Jets at 1-5. and The Jaguars at 3-4. and Leon, we'll talk to you Sunday. Yeah, I'll be right here. We're looking forward to that. Looking forward to it myself. And I'm going to talk to you in here in a minute for the J.P. Shadrick Show. No, 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 no. It is the Doug Marone Show, and it's on the Jaguars Radio Network, and it's coming up in just a moment. Thank you for listening and watching. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.